This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy & Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our website. Check it out at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. Throughout COVID, more and more businesses need to go online and Gav can help you do that. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. If you need some help with your online presence, then get into contact with the team at www.mulcahy.com.au slash marketing. Now I can actually provide a service for you through the podcast. So mention Big Head Chats while you're there and the guys will give you a free website report on your current website, which gives you an idea of how it is performing with SEO, page load and many other aspects. It also gives you recommendations for changes that can be made. So, uh, yeah, jump on it quick because I can finally give you something, listeners. But for now, let's jump into this week's episode. Let's go. What is up, everyone? Big Head Chats is back and we're going Nuffy Corner today, Saturday morning here. Um, Ollie Nash here as always. Ned? Welcome back, Ned Nash. Thanks, mate. Good to be here. And special guest, Ned. Special guest today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I'm excited. Uh, Daniel Gervasoni. Welcome, mate. Podcast virginity being lost today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling privileged to even be on here. It's uh, only taken me, what is it, like 10 episodes, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, you're in early. You're in earlier than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> I thought maybe I mean, if I was sort think, of, you think so? I thought maybe if I was scraping the bottom of the barrel, I'd just sort of get you in, you know, <laughs> sort of. I'd ask everyone else to come on, and then they couldn't. But no, but you're here, mate, and I'm excited. And uh, you, you said that last time, and I'm here for my second, second <laughs> go. So does, does that say a bit about the lack of guess I've got? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a big show because I'm just going to be honest. We're pissed off as football fans, aren't we? I'm rattled, mate. I'm really rattled. I'm fucking fuming. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I'm fucking fuming. Yeah. So, all Australian team was picked on Thursday night, which, aka, was my birthday. So, it meant to be an enjoyable night. And I spent most of the evening sitting back <laughs> saying, what the fuck? Can Can you two join me on that? Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was here. Um, there was a lot of what the fucks going on. So, how was it in Melbourne, Jeb? Oh, well, look, I don't know if I messaged you that night when I first sent the All-Australian team, but maybe I was just trying to fathom what actually was selected um, and probably messaged you the next morning, I think, because I just couldn't believe it. Oh. So once, once again, like, I just, yeah, cannot fathom it. I know. So the All-Australian team, my thing with these type of awards is that they matter. So they they matter in terms of guys... Um, you know their careers, like their, their like their legacy, their like, legacy. So these things need to be taken seriously, and but you also then just can't be selecting guys because they're a big name, aka Patrick Dangerfield, or picking Jack McRae on a wing. You need to be picking a wingman, not a guy that plays four percent of hit the season on the wing. So um, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the All-Australian team. And we're going to go Rant Corner, a.k.a. Nuffy Corner, to start. Okay. Um, so <laughs> two minutes, all three of us, two minutes each, to just 
go hanger and tong, no professionalism. Just give us your biggest nuffy uh, argument you can give us. Do you want to start, Ned, or do you want me to start? Yeah, I can start. Do you want to start? I can start. Okay. I'll, you start? Yeah. I'll go second. Jerv, you can finish this off, all right? All right. So all I'm going to start with the wingman debate. So why the fuck is it even a position if you're just not going to reward it? There's blokes like Hugh McCluggage. He's a young and up-and-coming player. He's been in the 40 twice. Obviously, you know, we don't expect blokes to be in straight away. But if he's the best wingman or he's in the best wingman conversation, fucking put him in. <laughs> so Jack McRae plays 4% of time on the wing. That's just, that's just, that might as well be zero because he's a fucking midfielder. Cam Guthrie played 17% and I, I, I'm not even going to consider that either because Andrew Gaff plays, let's, uh, there's games, there's been games this year where he's played 100% of game time. So, and all of that's on the wing. Blokes like, uh, I'm just going to throw names. Adam Chera. He's a, he's a full-time wingman. Lockie Hunter, from the same club as Jack McRae. He's a fucking full-time wingman. He plays like 85% on the wing. Um, Who else? Oh, there was an, there was an article. Anyway. Cam to McIntosh. Can we remove that from the pod? <laughs> let, let's remove the Russian. that. Let's remove that. No, Sam Menegola, another one. Goal-kicking wingman. Hugh McCluggage, goal-kicking wingman. Andrew Gaff, kicks goals every now and then. Racks up 30 every week. Jack McRae is not a wingman. If he's not in the best... Like four or five midfielders for the season, he's not in the fucking team. There's there's three midfielders and a ruckman, and then there should be at least one or two on the bench, and that's it. So there's f- five of the best midfielders. If you're not in that, you're not in the team. And then my little addition to that is that there will be a mid forward picked forward. So you're going to be able to you're going to be able yeah, to get one put a Dusty or a Petrarca forward and yep. be able to fit another wing another mid in. Yeah. Good start, Ned. Good start. I'm angry. D- I'm, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm not happy I'm about off. it. Not happy about it. Not happy about it. A fella, I've played wing before. I just want to see him recognise, mate. Wing's a hard position. Oh. That's the thing. It is a hard position to play. And Menegola and Gaff especially, Lugger had a good year. As you'd know, Joe, a betting man. Inconsistent year with, a little, the, with the 15 touches. A little bit inconsistent <laughs> with the 15 oh, yeah. touches. But but I, I backed him in one time for a goal. He had like two goals, 15 leading into the game, and I backed him for a sausage, and he pulled through for me. That's another thing. He kicked like six goals, 20. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, imagine if he had to kick like 14 goals, 12, whatever. Well, that was that's what he did last year. Average yeah. a goal, goal a game. So, um, good. yeah, good start. So, that's, that's the thing. Women is a hard position to play. So, reward them because I just don't feel like – Jack McRae is going to be able to play on the wing. I don't think he'd be good at it. He's a good inside midfielder because that's his position. Yeah. I don't think he can play on the wing. It's not like on the wing you can just like a lot. Of, a lot of the time, sometimes you can, but it's not like you can just go get your own footy. Like a lot of the time, you're very much restricted to okay, are they going to get it to me? So reward the blokes who are in the right spot all the time, racking up possessions, kicking goals off the wing. Menegola, McCluggage, Gaff, take your pick. It's not the two blokes that are named <laughs> on the wing. I fucking guarantee you that. All right, uh, this is my nuffy corner. Um, my issue with this fucking team is that, so what is the criteria? Are you picking people on this season? Or as Glenn Jakovic said, are you picking guys because they've had a build-up of good years, a.k.a. Brad Shepard? So Glenn Jakovic went on SEN and said, oh, he's, had a, he's been stiff the last couple of years, so he was probably due. It's like... Well, is he though? Because was he in the best 22 players in this season? Was he in the best six backmen? Because that's what you've said 
and it's just simply not true. Well, it, if he's due, then Jake Lloyd is more due than him. Because, mate... I know. I don't know, what, I don't know what to tell you. This Brad Shepard, like, he's a good player. But if he played, yeah. for, if he played for Sydney, he would not even get a look in. Mm-hmm. Because he's on, because he's on. Obviously, it's that's what happens. Good teams get more players in. But if we're looking purely at who's a better half back, Jake Lloyd's a better half back than um, Brad Shepard. Yep. Every day of the week. And we're, I'm just going to public service announcement. They're all very good players. These yeah, 22. Yeah. So we're going to just say there's nothing personal against these players, but they're. It's the selectives. So my thing is, is the criteria. What are you picking these players on? Um, I mean, is it a stats thing? Because if it's a stats thing, then you've just picked the wrong guy. If it's an impact thing from watching the game, you've also picked the wrong guys. If you... Like, the halfback flank debate is just ridiculous in this team. You cannot pick Brad Shepard and Darcy Byrne fucking Jones and not pick... Braden Maynard and Nick Vlosten or Dylan Grimes. One of those two has to be in it because they're the two that if you watch the games, they're having the most impact defensively and then intercepting the ball and rebounding as well. I think as a halfback, the most important thing is like, like you're there to intercept, aren't you? Yeah. So you look at, you look at Brad Shepard and Darcy Van Jones' intercept numbers. They're not that good. They're not that good at all. They're like two and a half intercept possessions. Which Nick is Vlosten, fine. No, that's fine. Good on them. They're doing their part of the team. And but the teams Nick, are good. So Their teams are good. Nick Vlosten averages seven intercept possessions. Braden Maynard, average, Braden Maynard averages like six. So they're doing just, just, what halfback should. Just for the record, Brad Shepard, intercept possessions is only four. Yep. Yeah, see. And Come on. everyone's going to chuck up like maybe disposals or uncontested marks. The Eagles play that game plan. So, of course, you're going to have every, uncontested every, marks. Every team does that out of the back line. That's the right way to do it. So, obviously... Like I'm not, I'm not. Look, we're not hating on the system, but they're they're not they're not empty stats. But of course, like someone's got to be there to get take that mark and then kick it to the next bloke. Yep. And Brad Shepard's in that position more times than he's not. So of course he's going to have more uncontested marks. So and the other thing is, you they're clearly judging Jake Lloyd for um, stats that don't mean. He you know, kicks out a lot, so stats that don't mean anything. You got to look at the same with Brad Shepard then, or someone like that, because these numbers are inflated because of how they play. Um, yep. So that's my little my little rant, Jerv. What have you got for us? Oh, look, it's going to be a bit of a carry on from from Ned, and I'm sure it's going to be highly talked about throughout this whole thing. But this wing this wing division is just a joke. Like I honestly, like I play wing, like I. I hate to see it not recognised and especially like when there's been a season where there's been players who have predominantly played on the wing for significant time and made a serious impact on the wing like aka Menegola, Gas, like Kaga, like yeah fair enough they're recognising the 40 man squad but then they just get completely overlooked for midfielders like I, I honestly don't get it I don't know what more a wingman has to do to get recognised. Um, I, I'm honestly don't even. I'm lost for words with the, with the wing division. I really am. Um, yeah, I like the point you made. So they pick him in the squad as if to say, "Radio, that's that's our job. Get them in the squad. Get the specialists in the squad, but then just don't pick any of them in the team. Then just fill it with midfielders." Exactly. I would love to actually know how considered they were for for those positions like, on the outside of the midfield, like, on, on that wing. Like, 
where they just put in that 40-man squad just to say, oh, look, we're catered to all of these positions. And But, like, when it comes down to it, you know, we can chuck a midfielder there who would do, like, just as good. But would they? Like, would they do just as good in that wing position? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, there's just, yeah, there's been a few, there's been a few, like, tweets as well. Um, would, would like to mention Mitch Robinson, of course. Yeah. And just his tweet, genuinely hope the AA selection panel had some courage and acknowledged the wingers this year, another snub. And then he put 17 and 4%. And with just a laughing emoji, like it is actually a joke. You've you've chosen wingers who do not, you would not classify them as wingers. No. Nah. And 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 the other so the Cam Guthrie stat of seventeen percent on the wing, that came at the start of the year. He played the entire basically three quarters of the year in the midfield because you know Joel Salwood was in and out, and it, it, you know Mitch Duncan and Manigola play on the wing for Geelong. Watch the game, and you will see that Cam Guthrie, apart from maybe sort of the first three rounds, didn't play wing for the whole year. He played in the midfield, and that's why he had such a good year. I loved the year Cam Guthrie had. So if you're going to put him anyway, you've got to put him in the midfield. But if he doesn't make that midfield, he's not making the team. It's as simple as that. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of players in here who had stellar season, as you mentioned earlier. Like, there's a lot of, like, these are all good players, and I am all around Cam Guthrie, like, he had a ripper breakout season for himself, and like that's awesome. But I'm like looking at the stats next to Menegola, and if I'm getting put, like if I'm getting pushed out of the side as Menegola compared to Cam Guthrie, like I'm I'm absolutely livid, honestly. Like yes. goals, goals, goals is Sam Menegola. Everything to do with um, attacking, Sam Menegola is well above in, in, in all the stats, and then. Like, yeah, tackles, obviously, Cam Guthrie has more because he plays fucking midfield dominantly the whole game. <laughs> he's, he's not a fucking outside player. <laughs> like, Very true. I, oh, look, look, I'm sure we're going to get into more stats later. Like, I actually don't. Like, this round is just purely about the wing division. This is just, just because yeah. I am a wingman, so I hate to see it not respected because, fuck me. You can really have some shit days out you in the can, wing where you oh, don't get you can have some shockers. shockers. How many times have you but, come in at like, like half time? Running up and down, up and down. Yeah. Exactly. Great how, how many times have you come in at like half time and you're like, I can count my disposals on one hand. Fuck, I haven't even sniffed it, mate. I'd <laughs> I haven't even looked at the footy yet. <laughs> and like the one time I got it, I got tackled out of bounds or some shit. And uh, you're just like, it. The wing is, is a role where you have to work so hard for every possession because it's a lot of running to get in the right position. And then sometimes it's just not your day and they're just not kicking it to you. So no, you know, these, these blokes make it their day every fucking week. Sam Manigola, up until round eight, uh, round 16, so these, these are the stats, they're, they're two rounds short. Sam Manigola played 89.5% of time on the wing and averaged 22 possessions. In shortened quarters. In shortened quarters. I'll I, give you another one. I've Andrew. I'll give you another one. This is, he hasn't been talked about yet. Ed Langdon, 99.3% of time on the wing. That other 0.7, that's him on the bench. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't play anywhere else. Average 20 possessions a game. Hugh McCluggage, 66% of time on the wing, average 18.4. Lockie Hunter, 75.2%, average 26 possessions in shortened quarters. Mm. I know I, I wouldn't consider yeah. him because he was out with injury, but they're, in just, they're just yeah. some stats. Like, yeah. 
Come on, it's not that um, hard. Look, like you've got all the stats at your disposal. Fucking use them. Literally, <laughs> like that's what they're there for. But just one stat that I really want to highlight that probably goes a bit unrecognised for a wingman is the ability to be like, obviously, yeah, wingmen are good for like being on the outside and then like coming in from a different angle into the forward line. But how about this for a stat? Sam Namagola, 3.6 for intercept possessions. Like, so that, that's, yeah, that's so he's getting up and he's um, getting up anyone and back. who's wondering. Yeah, 100%. And that, like his ability to get those like intercept possessions at like a crucial point like of the ground and then, you know, to then force the ball forward again, like, and they highlighted oh, no. it on, they highlighted it on Fox Footy um, a couple of weeks ago. His defensive running, um, and you can see on the vision, his man is just elsewhere. Like Manigal is sort of just running his own race well, as lo- you do on the wing. A lot of times he he'll chase back another Geelong defender's man. Yeah, so because he's that could, far ahead, and he's could, that fierce. Yeah, because they press up, so the Geelong Geelong get caught out on the rebound. And you can see in the behind the goal vision, they're all forced to push up, leaves one deep, and the quick kick comes over the back, and then Menegola is there already. He can he can see it coming from the wing, gets a spoil for it behind, and Geelong have the ball again. So it's that. I mean, are, you, are they watching that? Because that's that's the thing that like Jack McRae's not doing that. I mean, I, I love Jack McRae, but he's not doing that. Well, I mean, neither is Cam Guthrie. I mean, we can't say that if they were on the wing, they wouldn't do it, but they weren't on the fucking wing. That's the argument. We're not saying, oh, Jack McRae, he's a spud. He wouldn't do it. He fucking probably would. But he didn't this year because he played 4% of his time on the fucking wing. Right, we're going to move off the oh. wing because we're going to get to that eventually. But we're going to start with the with the back line because I think this is where we all agree. So let's go through who we're taking out because the biggest thing with the, these chats is you've got to take someone out and you've got to prove why and who you're putting in. Um, so for the back line, I'm taking out uh, Shepard and Byrne Jones definitely, and then there's the debate to take out more and put in Maynard and Boston and Jacob Weedering. So I'm going. I want to give it to you because the stats for Maynard and oh. the, the comparison of stats. So we're not going to do all stats, but the comparison of stats is unbelievable. We'll start there in a second. But watch a Collingwood game or a Richmond game. Maynard and Vlosten, the impact they have defensively and then rebounding the ball is elite. So they, they do these two do not lose one-on-ones. And the ones they do, they're making the forward earn it. And then they intercept Mark and well so Vlosten intercept marks really well, him and Grimes, that's their that's their go. Maynard's more of a get the ball and then attack again after he's defended. He's not a massive intercept marker, but still intercept possessions are high. Um, Shepard and Byrne Jones just don't do that. They they defend, but their offensive game isn't quite there. So I'm not saying they're not good defenders, but if you're going to weigh up, they're, I think Maynard and Boston are better defenders, mm. and then they also attack. So it's like that's, a, that's an easy pick. Mm, exactly. I'm going to make an argument yeah. for... For Caleb Daniel to be out as well, so wow. So, so I'm saying I'm, I've got stats here. We're looking at Caleb Daniel versus Braden Maynard. Okay, a couple of quick ones here. Inside fifties, goal assists. They don't matter that much. Maynard wins. Score involvements. Caleb Daniel. He's won that. So then Maynard wins tackles, rebound fifties. The disposals are the same. Maynard wins kicks, contested possessions, uncontested possessions, intercept possessions. He wins marks, contested marks, uncontested marks, meters gained, and fantasy points. 
over Caleb Daniel. <laughs> mate, I'm going to challenge you there, yeah, and I don't don't get me wrong. I completely agree with Maynard, but I'm comparing Daniel to Shepherd. Yep, and so like that completely puts Shepherd out. But I'm kind of looking at as Caleb Daniel as that first bench spot, as that one bench spot. So, so like, keep, are you keeping like Caleb keep, Daniel completely yeah. out of. Nah, yeah, no, nah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't say that right. So I'm, I'm taking Caleb Daniel out of the team, and I'm taking out Shepard and Burn Jones, and I'm putting yep. in Weedering in the back line, and then I'm putting in Maynard, and then I'm putting Nick Vlosten on the bench. Okay, because, because it's, it's, it's too harsh to say, righto, we're, we're going to give you five, we're going to give you five medium to small defenders, but you only get two bigs. Yep, because it. Because there's there's so many good defenders in the league, and Weedering has had an unbelievable season at just what what is he twenty two twenty three, uh, Weedering yeah twenty two. So, so really 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 quick, I'm just going to remind everyone who made the All Australian backline. So it was Brad Shepherd, Harris Andrews, Luke Ryan, Nick Haynes, Darcy Moore, Darcy Ben Jones, and then Caleb Daniel on the bench. So we all agree, right, that Andrews should make it. Yes, Luke Ryan, Nick yeah. Haynes, uh, and then. And then Shepard, Moore, Burn I think we Jones. We agreed on Caleb Daniel as well. I agreed on Caleb Daniel. I wanted him in, um, but the yeah the the debate becomes Shepard Moore and Burn Jones. I'm preaching Luke Ryan. Love Luke Ryan. Mate, he, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Having having watched, I don't know, I don't know why. I think I just watched every, most games because there was nothing else to do. But having watched Fremantle a lot, mate, he carries a serious load. Mm-hmm. Like. Because especially, I don't want to talk about like blokes like Brendan Cox. Like he's not, he's not, an, he's not a no name. But like when he was out of the team, Luke Ryan was playing like the biggest. He's like 187 centimeters playing on the biggest forward. Yep. Most of the time, Beating winning him. or halving it, and then and then he's on, he's the one getting it on the way out, and making the forward look silly. A lot of the times against Tom Lynch on my team, I saw it happen <laughs> yeah. so many times. I'm like, mate, this dude is tiny. And he's, oh, he's a fucking gun. He's, mate. he's a flat very, out start. Very deserving. Very flat deserving. out start. Now, we the, the comparison you made for me uh, on Thursday night was with Vlosten and Burn Jones. Uh, okay, I'll get. Was it. that was that oh, what you the did? In the room. <laughs> yeah. So oh, so this is where this is where the 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 na- the narrative comes in with, with these awards. It happens in the NBA as well. There's a narrative that the media need to follow. Um, and there's a narrative here that the All-Australian selectors obviously need to follow and that Glenn Jakovic openly spoke about on SEN was the fact that years previous seemed to have an impact on who's getting selected in these teams. So Brad Shepard is one that he said he's been stiff the last couple of years and even though he wasn't in the best seven defenders this year, he still gets picked. And I have uh, a, I feel like Darcy... A body Byrne, of work. A body of work is how, they, is how they say it. And Darcy Byrne Jones is in that category as well where had a, a couple of good seasons, now Port Adelaide are really good and they're on top of the ladder. So it's almost as if he needs recognition in an All-Australian team even though he's not in the best seven defenders of this season. So that's the, the frustrating part mm. is there's no criteria made... Known. So, give us these stats, Ed. Um, well, I've got I've got Nick Vlosten versus Brad Shepard instead. Okay. okay. So, Vlosten wins. Uh, score, scoreboard impact, you don't really look at it much, no. but Vlosten wins inside 50s. And then he wins score involvements, which is obviously, if you're part of the chain, the chain. that's a score involvement. 
Um, Vlosten wins rebound 50s. He loses disposals by two. He wins un- He wins contested possessions. He loses uncontested possessions because um, of what we talked about That's before. Game. So just those run, runs really quick as well. So disposals, Vlosten's never going to win because Richmond are attack. They just yeah. go forward. So as soon as Vlosten kicks it, he it is yeah. gone out of his yeah, area. Well, Shepard mm-hmm. is getting those uncontested touches because West Coast like to take care of the ball, which is yeah. just how the teams play. So yeah. they're almost null and void. Nick, like Nick, if you watch if you watch Richmond play, Nick Vlosten, like what Richmond will do is they'll go, right, Shorty will kick it in, he'll kick it to someone, and then they might chip it to a next person, but then they're just going along down the line. And, and, then, there's, and then, it's, then that's the surge. Yep. Whereas teams like West Coast and Port Adelaide, they'd rather hang on to it until they find a, a clear path. Whereas Richmond are like, we'll just make the path happen. We'll yep. just go with it. So, yeah. But then if we look at defensive possessions... Uh, Nick Vlosten averaged seven point three intercept possessions, and Brad Shepard averaged four point one. So that's an, that's a that's a, nearly double. That's mm-hmm. nearly double. Mm-hmm. Um, he averages more contested marks by a big margin. Averages more meters gained by about fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shall I say more? <laughs> uh, and also, yeah, Jeff. Just on those meters gained, like I know we're talking about Shepard and um, Burn Jones here. Although, like, I can't help but mention that, like, Maynard as well, compared to Burn Jones, pretty much double the metres gained, like, or close to anyway. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a clear clear thing there. And, like, I think what Darcy, Darcy Burn Jones did 266 metres gained, like, at average, like. Yeah. Have you, have you got the stats there, Jeff? Can you give us a little running tally of how many Maynard won compared to Burn Jones? I believe I do have the stats for this one, actually. Because I feel this this, com- is, this, this comparison part of the app has copped an absolute flogging oh, in the last three days by the AFL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> copped a flogging by me. <laughs> I've been all over it. One thing, one thing I, that I look at is obviously, like in particular, the defensive acts. And the key stat that stands out to me there is Braden Maynard um, is clearly above um, for tackles mm-hmm. and then also like the rebound 50s is double so like they're, they're like the two main stats that like I'm considering like when I'm looking at these defenders is like or for, for this position anyways for that halfback flank and like that re- that rebound 50 and and, those, and that tackle pressure like when the ball is there like that's huge yeah like and and, and and as you mentioned earlier you, you watch a game and you watch Collingwood play, and you and you watch the impact Braden Maynard has. You watch Richmond, and you watch the impact that Grimes or a Blossom has. Like, it's just very significant. And like, I know for a fact, Nathy, um, you and I both watched numerous numerous poor games this year. And tell you what, it's pretty hard to watch. I, I, I won't I won't lie. I don't think I even really took notice of Darcy Byrne Jones because there was he just didn't really do anything that warranted me to like him to like, grasp my attention. Like it, he really didn't. Like, he, I'm not yeah. taking away. He had a good season, and something got mentioned. Um, I can't remember where I read it. However, I'm pretty sure it might have been like Port. Someone saying that Port was like the number one defensive side. Yeah. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was. Port and then someone else who was in the All Australian was the second best defensive side as well, um, and so like I feel like it's just a bit of a like oh well if they're the best defensive side in the comp we can't not have one of their defend- defenders in the team yeah which is pretty much what you guys were talking about earlier 
but because of them being on top of the ladder and like, you know, we've got to like put someone in from their position. It's, so. a, it's an important point you make is the eye test. So we can throw all these stats at people, as many stats as we want. That's, that's sports. You can just throw as many stats around as possible to prove your point. But a lot of it is what you are watching. Um, and as you said, Jerv, Burn Jones is a great defender and does a great job for Port Adelaide in their system. But you watch every coach and player will agree if they're picking halfback flankers of the squad, they're picking Braden Maynard and Nick Blossom. They just are. It's as simple as that. Because mm. you watch them yeah. play and they defend like a motherfucker and then they get the ball and kick it fucking far away mm. at a high percentage. Mm. So, how, how, How's the saying go for those halfbackers? Defend first and then attack? Yeah. I think they just sum up that position. Sum that, 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 that up. Perfectly. Yep, 100%. Um, I'd, lo- I'd love to see... Uh, this is what... I've, in the... I think the AFL is still a bit behind because in the NBA, when all NBA teams get announced, when all tar- all star teams get get announced, there's just like there's just a mountain of stats. Mm. Like just take like you know look at them as you will. Mm. Whereas in the AFL, I feel like like this app like gives a bit, but it's just like it's like some generic stuff. I'd love to see the amount of goals that Burn Jones's direct opponent got. Need that, and I'd love to see the mm. like, c- compare that with Maynard yep. Lawson, who are who are defend first yep. compared with Burn Jones and. And Shepard, who not to their, it's not their fault. Like they, that's their system. Like they have good defenders around them. But I'd love to see their one-on-one win and like win-loss ratio. I'd love to see the amount of goals that their direct opponent. Although you could say like you know it's a team defense. He's still got a direct opponent. He's still got to be on. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see how many goals that those two guys gave up compared to Maynard of Boston. That takes us well into the the key uh, defender debate. So because they those stats they just aren't public. For some reason, like one-on-one contests, percentage of them won, yeah, good direct goals. Unless a journalist is able to make them public on Twitter or something, a fan can't just get them for some reason, mm. which is annoying. But so, first of all, Steve May should have made the squad, should have made the team because he was oh, the, no, he, he's, he's man, his man just didn't kick any goals ever. So we're, I, we're, I, we're I, just going to leave that because I saw a stat the other day. I think the most he gave up in the game was two, and, he, and he, it happened like three times, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. And other than that, it was like singles yeah. or none. Um, yeah. So and, and in a team who like Melbourne, Melbourne are a decent side, but they had some shocking games this year, like where they were they were bad. They were bad. And and he and he was still doing his thing down there. Yeah. So that's in a whole other debate. But so my thing with the the Weedering and more debates. So I honestly, yeah, we're picking it hairs here. Like yeah. D- d- Darcy Moore is a great selection. Mm. I personally had Jacob Weedering because I saw a graph and Jacob Weedering had the second most one-on-one contest of um, all these defenders. Only to... Only to his teammate, Liam Jones, yeah. which basically tells me that Carlton's team defence is fucking terrible mm. because they're just getting left on their own a lot. Constantly getting left on an island. But then the funniest part is they're both leaders in... Possession, uh, the percentage of those won. So their percentage loss rate is the lowest of in the league. And by like a considerable margin. By a considerable margin. So I'm going to... I'll You discuss it. I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna find it. it and it's... Because it, it's, it's damning. This graph. I, I, I wish you could see it, Jeff. It's like... Um, it's like... There's like this cluster of, of names. Collins, um, Clurry... Like, you know, all these names. Stephen right. May's in there, yep. and they're all, like, you know, in the, in the middle middle to the left, and then they go right down, bottom right, and there's just two little dots there. It's Liam Jones and Jacob <laughs> it's, Weedering. It's, ama- it's amazing. So so total one-on-ones, Jacob Weedering had 83 in the season. Uh, 
loss rate, Jacob Wiedering was just 15% loss rate. Um, compare that to, so Darcy Moore, this is system as well. Collingwood have a better team defence. Better team defence. But uh, Darcy Moore only had about 48 uh, one-on-ones and his loss rate was 17%. Yeah. Not not huge there, but just no. a considerably lesser amount of one-on-ones yeah. and lost more of them. Um, you know, Luke Ryan's the same. He had... You know, 46, 47 one on ones. It's hard to pick with the dots. Um, and lost 30%. Yeah. So um, it does have a lot to do with their team defense, but it's just, it's a, it's a proven statistic that they got left on their own in the shit and they a were lot. still, and, and Jacob Wedring was still elite. Um, so I have a feeling. Next year, Wedring's going to be the guy that has a couple of years of good play, and he'll be in it next year. Oh, body work. even though he's yeah. even though his year might not have been as good. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Who, so who who are your who are your key backs? Were you going to have oh, well, multiple I, two, or were you going to go three? I was going to have three. Yeah. So who was your back six going to be? So my back six was I had back pockets of uh, Luke Ryan, Nick Haynes, and Harris Andrews. Yep. And then on the half backs, I had Braden Maynard. I had Darcy Moore, and then I had Nick Floston, and I had Jacob Weedering on the bench. On the bench. Yeah. How about, how about which, you, Jeff? Which you wouldn't, you wouldn't technically see, but like, why not? Like we saw, we saw, yeah. we saw a ruckman on the bench, and we've seen that the last two years because yeah. there's been more than one good ruckman. So there's, if there's, there's been more than two key backs, you need some like you know but, against West Coast, you'll need more than two of them. There's been years of key, of three key forwards because you can play with it. You yeah. can, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's, um, it's not as if you're going against. A natural footy setup. Uh, Jerb, who was your six? Yeah, so mine was like fairly similar. I had Caleb Daniel, Harris Andrews, and Luke Ryan um, on the, the far back line. And then I had Nick Hayes, Darcy Moore, and Braden Maynard. And I think for that last um, position on the bench as well, yeah, I completely agree with Jacob Weedering. Like, just from not even like having to hear those stats, just from watching his games, like, he does not get beaten. It's an eye test like for him. He, oh, there's, there's a massive eye test, and you can't ignore that. Yeah. And, yeah, 22 years of age, like, fuck me. He's he, a player and a half. He purely just makes forwards look bad. Bad. He makes them look oh. bad, like, every fucking time. <laughs> like, Imagine being obviously, a going in and oh. knowing that Jake Weeder is going to come to you. He's just going to scrap you all game, and you're just going to come off oh. the ground looking like a fool. Um, that's, pretty, now, that's, that's pretty damning going into it. Yeah, correct. So, so my, my six was uh, Nick Vlosten, Weedering, Nick Haynes, um, Ryan, Andrews, Caleb Daniel, and then Brandon Maynard on the bench. So I went with the two key backs because I had sort of Luke Ryan and Nick Haynes as those mid-tier, mid-sized key defenders that can intercept. Um, so I think we're all pretty similar. I, I like that, though, because that just shows um, – how subjective it is, and like, like what you were saying before, we're we're picking at straws with blokes like Shepard and Burn Jones. They've yeah. had good seasons, and yeah, stuff. yeah. And and um, obviously like Darcy Moore, but so you've left Darcy Moore out, mm-hmm. and I left Caleb Daniel out, and Jerv's left Nick Vlosten out. Yeah. So that just shows yeah. like how subjective it is to mm-hmm. obviously what you're saying, like the eye test, and you know what people value more. Which is so, why, uh, which yeah. is why I think it needs a revamp, and the players need to pick it. But we're going to go into that later because yeah. that yeah. I think that cancels out. This shit. Mm. And anyway, and to, to be honest, the only the, the only change that I would make to mine would just be about having that extra key defender, which would be yep. weedering. Yeah. Um. Yep. And then what I do is I just probably put Brad Shepard in. Yeah. You know. So yeah, 
that's, that's um, where we're at. Now for the midfield. So the mids were on the wing, Jack McCrane, Cam Guthrie, as we discussed, Travis Boke in the middle, and then Nat Nui, Petrarca, and Lockie Neal rounding out the midfield. So I, I, honestly, I don't think we need to talk about the wings again because we we, we, chatted, we, we discussed it. it heavily. But We've done it. We Everyone, everyone in the AFL agrees that Manigola and either Gaff or McCluggy should have been in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... I would have put then put Petrarca forward, um, put yep. put Jack McRae in the middle, and then yep. Cam Grathy doesn't make it for me. Um, so my my midfield uh, was yeah Menegola, Lockie Neal, Andrew Gaff, and then Nick Natnui, Travis Boke, and Jack McRae in the guts, and then I had Nat Five, Taylor Adams, and Jack Steele all on the bench as well to round the I midfield. Had, well, I had um, yeah, it was all what was your group? I had Menegola and Gaff on the wing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're the two best. Two best wingers in the game. Yeah. Um, and, on, and on good sides too. And then I had uh, Lockie Neal in the guts with Nat Nui, Boke, and I had Jack Steele on the ground. I just think Team Locks and Kilda, he, like, he was like, you look at their team, like they had, oh. they had some all right contributors, Zach Jones, Jack Billings. Um, I couldn't even, like, so there were some other guys that went through there, but he was like, he's like their man. He's like mm-hmm. their, he's their, he's a contested beast. Mm-hmm. Massive breakout season in a team that's playing finals for the first time. Kick goals. For the first time since Kick they were yeah. Exactly right. Kicking goals every week. Like, So I had him and then I had Jack McCray on the bench. Yeah. Who was who your group, Jeff? Funny that. My team was exactly the same um, for the midfield there. Um, so, yeah, having those, having that wing division in Metagola and Gaff, um, just they have to be recognised. Um, and then, yeah, locking, locking me on the gut with uh, Boat, Nick Nat, um, and then Jack Steele and Taylor Adams on the bench. Yeah, so this is where I want to take the discussion. So as we see in the NBA, so it, it changes as the game changes. So, you know, eight years ago, Joakim Noah was the um, all-NBA first-team centre. In the years after that, John Dre Jordan was one of them. Now it's getting to the point where they're picking AD who plays at the four because the game's changed and the... So it's hard to pick almost. So my thing with the wings, I don't think every year there's going to be this group of wingmen that are elite and need to be picked. So there's going to be years where they just don't have a good year. So then you can probably get away with putting a Pendlebury on the on the wing who can who, who plays some wing time or you know what I mean. So guys like that. Yeah. Where, but when the years pop up like this, this year's not one of those years. Yeah, you have oh, to pick nah. them. You have to pick wingmen yeah. because. They're elite at their role. Um, and if you talk about body of work, then Gaff and Lugger make it. If you So if you want, if, if that's their criteria, don't put Menegola in. Put Gaff and Lugger in because they've had – Gaff's made a career, mm. like a long yeah, – like eight true. years worth of playing on the wing and getting a lot of the ball. And then Lugger, this is his second straight year, almost averaged the exact same touches as last year mm. in shorter quarters. So if you're talking about body of work, put them in the side. Like that, that's a body of work. Yeah. So that's yeah. my little take on the midfield. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Because I feel like we've we've uh, we've chatted plenty about it. Well, I, 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 my argument is it's going to lead into the next bit. But if you're a midfielder, and although yeah, like you might play time forward, but if you're not in the best four or five or six midfielders in the comp, you just shouldn't be in a team. Because it, it's not like in like all NBA, like they wouldn't just go, oh, righto, 
Well, the best the best five players have been Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, and then AD, and then let's say Cat. They're not just going to leave out the whole point guard shooting guard position. They're just not going to do that. Mm. So, so yeah, it looks bad. Okay, it doesn't look bad, but it's like, oh well, Kawhi was probably um in the best in the best five players in the comp, but he, he didn't make it ahead of the other forwards. Mm. So that so he's not in. So he goes to obviously they've got a second team. So he goes to that, or in this case, Dangerfield. Bondapelli and Martin, like they're all great players. They've all had great careers, um, but they're not in. Because Boke, Neil, Steele, Taylor Adams and McRae have all had better years. As the, and that's your Agreed. five. And, and, that's a, and that's the five. So you've, got, you've got three starting and you can have two on the bench. Yeah. Like, Simple as that. Like, like, but that this, like from a Richmond supporter, like, I, I don't want to see Dustin Martin in the forward pocket. Like, I want to see him on the ball or on the bench. Or, like, I'm sure Geelong fans would be the same. They'd be saying, and Dogs fans, who know that Bondapelli is not a very good forward when he goes down the heat. Yeah. He gets his hands on a few. He's a bad kick for goal. So, bad kick for goal, yeah. It, we're we're going to go, so let's, let's go to the forwards, all right? Because this is where it gets kind of funny. So, oh, can we just all agree that Christian Petrarca would be in our forward line? Too? Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. He's yeah. kicked, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, so off the top, Christian Petrarca is a forward flanker. Um, yeah. So, so I'll the selectors have obviously said, okay, Dangerfield and Bont and Dusty they play time forward. So, which is true, Dangerfield and the Bont did play a lot more time forward than they have in other years previously, but their time as a forward was not good. So you can't put them in the forward line because they weren't good forwards. Yes, their stats are good still because they play a lot of time still in the midfield. But if they're not getting picked in the midfield, then they're not in the team. It's as simple as that. You can't. You cannot put them in the forward line because they weren't good forward. So, my take on this is, you're putting Christian Pachaka on in the forward line because he kicked 15 goals, the most of any mid forward, unless you're including a wing guard who kicked 18, mm-hmm. right? Um, so 15 goals as a mid mid forward is elite in, especially in shortened seasons. It's nearly a goal a game. Um, Lots of score involvements as well with Petrarca. So he, he gives a lot off yeah. um, when he gets it inside 50. So he has to make it. I'm still of the belief that Dusty should make it because he had a – I think he kicked 15 as well from – yeah, he kicked 15 as well um, and had a similar sort of impact as the dogs interrupt us. Um, so, I'm, so I'm including Dusty in my forward line. I've got Petrarca and Dusty as my half-forward flankers. Um, Dixon at centre forward and then Tom Papley, Tom Hawkins – and Jack Gunston at to round out the the uh, full forward line, um, because Gunston's not a key forward; he's that mid tier sort of mid sized forward, and he came third in the fucking Coleman. I don't think those selectors. So there's been years previously where Jack Rewalt has won the Coleman and didn't make the All Australian team. It's like. You are picking a bunch of guys whose role it is is to kick goals or get involved in scores, and you're not picking the guys that were the best at it. So you're picking. So they're picking Dangerfield and Bonton Pally. So let's. I'll just tell you who was the actual forward line. So it was Danger Dixon, Bonton Pally, Liam Ryan, Tom Hawkins, Dustin Martin. So you're picking a bunch of guys, picking Dangerfield and Bont, who weren't good forwards over guys who led the league in kicking goals. 
I sound like an idiot, but it, it's that simple. Yeah. 100%. It's that simple. Like, you look at those three mid-forwards, right? And I think we can all agree that Dusty Martin is the most damaging when he goes forward out of those three. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, he warrants being in that forward line. I, I, I agree with you. So, yeah, I think you have to have at least one of either Petrarca yeah. or Martin. Dusty. And then it's personal opinion. I've went two. Yeah, I, I say you have both because have because both. the other the flip side of it is you have two small forwards instead because it was an elite year for small yep. forwards. So you have two of either Ryan Butler or um, Papley. So either way, you have to do one of those two. You cannot have Dangerfield and Bont in it. Who was your forward six, Ned? No, uh, well. I love a, I love a good mid I love a good mid forward. Yeah, you, you you don't like the mid forward. Oh, pick I think, I, pick one, pick one. Do you actually think that? Oh, oh, oh yeah, because they're. So you think you have Petrarca though? I you? reckon I'd have Petrarca in mine. Yep. Um, purely based off of, like I just said, he was more damaging, but then he was, you know, more. I feel like more involved. I feel like, I feel like he had a better season than Dusty. Yeah, yeah. But I think he did too. I feel like um, like what you were saying, like. The small forward just got purely disrespected this year. Yeah, Same utterly disrespected. In some years, okay, years gone by, there might be one good small forward you put him in, and then you can fill it with other guys. Yeah, this is not one of those years. Yeah, we had we had Dan Butler lead small forwards in goals, in tackles, and tackles inside fifty. That's their role. Pressure acts. What do you like? What more do you want from a small forward? What, like like is, that's it. Is it because Liam Ryan jumps high and almost takes a hanger almost, a game? Almost takes my like. Like, let, let's be real. Like Liam Ryan had a good season. It was it was an it was an okay season until the last maybe five or six games when he kicked a few goals and started to get more up the ground. Um, but if if I'm looking at small forward stats, then I'm, then Dan Butler's my pick, and then Tom, Tom Patley's next because because mm-hmm. Dan Butler won the goals because Tom Patley kicked like twenty seven goals, forty nine or something. Like he misses <laughs> a lot of goals. So which is which is fine. Like fine. I'm, I'm not gonna we're not gonna bash him because of that. But he is. He has been doing what Liam Ryan is doing in these last few games the whole year. Yep. Getting high up the ground, beating his man back, kicking goals, laying tackles. Like, Liam Ryan's tackles inside 50, he averaged like 0. 0.4 a didn't, game. Didn't even have one. Yeah. Or something yeah. like. And Dan, but, and Dan Butler leads the league by nine. He's like nine ahead of the next bloke. So I'm like, Liam Ryan just can't be... Like, you're purely p- picking that off. Oh, he's a, hi- he's, he's a highlight waiting to happen. But I'm like, are we, are we picking highlights? Look, are we picking the guys who's going to take hangers? Because if we are, then Liam Ryan's in my team, but we're not doing that. We're picking the best small they forwards. Play, they play different roles as small forwards too, which I think is important to consider. Yeah. As, as mentioned earlier, Liam Ryan, yeah, he is that small forward who can, can take a grab. Like, he's fucking exciting. Like, yeah. when he's around, the, when when the ball's in the air and you know he's around, like, he's going to do something. Mm. But then you're forgetting about the blokes that are at the front of that contest. And that's where you look at your Dan Butler and your Papley. Because... They are like it's like talking from experience. It is sometimes it's that hard to read or be in the right position, and oh, they constantly are in the there. right fucking position, always. And that like that's the difference between Liam Ryan, like really outside of um, you know the tackles, the tackles, and all those pressure actions Dan Butler, which Liam Ryan doesn't have compared to him, and obviously Liam Ryan has that that marking ability and stuff like that. On the on the ground, like Dan Butler, like I feel like he's so stiff not to be in this. Like, 
yeah. of, of, of the season he's had. And like he just sums up that small forward who, as a key forward, you just want to get it down their throat. Like, that, like you don't have to mark everything as your key forward. So you, you want that player to be there ready. Like, so who, who who did you have in Jeb? Did you have a six or a, a seven including one on the bench? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I've got, I'm sort of the same. Like I've got Petrarca and then like, I'm kind of leaning towards having Dusty as well. But then like, I kind of was tossing up because I just thought when I seen Petrarca named in the midfield, I was like, well, I'm just, Gonna ignore that because he would be a forward. Yeah, in my, like, in, so in my personal preference. Yeah, there's bet. I feel like there's better midfielders than him. So then you can just put him forward because he was a great forward as well. So yeah, he, he, he was. He was a damaging forward. Yeah, exactly. He, that's, like that's he won I mean. games for Melbourne off his own boot by kicking exactly. four or five goals in a game. Oh, and like I know the argument's going to come up, and I know like there's going to be a lot of talk about it. Like, that danger, yeah. He like he has games where he literally like might kick, um, you know, two three goals, and it could be a real crucial points, and it wins in the game. Like I'm not saying that danger doesn't do that, but in terms of consistency and of what they give when they're in the forward line regularly, Christian Petrarca is by far better in that sense. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think we can all agree that it either needs to be two of the half forward slash midfielders, either two of those and one small forward or two small forwards and one of the mid forwards and Danger yeah. and Bond aren't in consideration for it. So it needed to be either two of Dusty no. and Petrarca and then one of Papley, Butler and Ryan or vice versa, yeah. two of Papley, Ryan and Butler um, and like one of you, Dusty yeah. and Petrarca. I just feel like you've got to reward blokes who actually play forward. Someone yeah. like yeah. – so, like, and like – you know, someone like Matt Tabner, like this is his first good season. He was he was in contention. Obviously, he was in the oh, forty. Yeah. Yep. But we're talking about like a bloke who is just grinding in the forward line, like constantly getting a good position to to beat his opponent. Like in a team that's oh, like Fremantle are okay. They're on the rise this season. They were they were they were not delivering the ball well. No, though. no, they like, are they were a terrible yeah. offensive team. Yeah, and Matt Tabner was leading the league in contested marks. So he's, coming, he's second behind, oh, second, second behind Dixon, and then. Top five in the Coleman. Yeah, so so if we're looking at that, like, yeah. and that that's my argument with the mid forward. I'm okay with one, but if you get two, then you you you're just you're sort of spitting in the face of the blokes who are grinding. And like what you were saying about Jack Gunston as well. Mm. He's been a, like he's been a very good forward for Hawthorne this year. Yeah, very good. He's he came like, third in the Coleman. He's like their he's like their the third only, best goal kicker. He's like their only guaranteed avenue to goal every week. Because because yeah. even Luke Bruce, who has been a very good goal kicker in his career, he had games. Um, where he was, he was nowhere. He he'd kick like maybe a point or two points, and he had like seven touches. Whereas Gunston was getting like, he he'd have games like where he'd kick four and have fifteen, mm. like getting up, like getting you, like you know what I mean. So yeah. if you if you're picking two mid forwards and then you're picking all like mostly mids on the bench, you're just spitting in the face of forwards. I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Now what, it's sort of the, it's 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 pretty much the same as like what we're talking about with the wingers. Like it's virtually the exact same that you're spitting in the face of the wingers who have had elite seasons. Yeah. Well, like, like yeah. if you look at this All-Australian team, they only picked three forwards. Hawkins, Dixon, yeah. and Liam Ryan. Because mm-hmm. they had Dusty Martin, they had Bontepalli and Dangerfield, and on the bench it was Adams, Steele, Daniel, and Gorn. So mm-hmm. they picked they picked three forwards three. in a team where I think it should be at least six. Because I, like I feel like the bench, it should be, a, it should be like you get one men, bench mid, you get one... Back me, uh, back bench, and then like you get, you get one for each. Yeah, and and if there's not two good ruckmen, which there has been for the last few years, but if there's not, 
then yeah, you can throw in another one of whatever. Probably throw in another midfielder. Yeah, because because that's where you throw in a Dusty. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, yeah. he's on the bench, but you can play him in sort of either position. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah. So they've picked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, sorry, ten. Ten midfielders. You can't. Is that the two blokes on the wing as well? Yeah. So that's McRae, Boak, Guthrie, Petrarca, Neil, Dangerfield, Bontempelli, and Dusty. Adams? Did you say Adams? Oh, sorry. And uh, still an Adams on the bench as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So, so, they, so they picked 10, uh, ten midfielders. But, but what team What team in the AFL is winning games has 10 midfielders? Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Now, the, the last thing we're going to finish off with is um, Maxi Gorn. I love Max Gorn. He's great. Him and Dangerfield are the guys who are like great for the league in terms of you know what they bring off yeah. field and their personalities. But I've spoken to Melbourne supporters; they agree he didn't he didn't have a this good a year. Had yeah. a, had a fine year. Nat had a fine Nat year. Nat Watched Nui, their games yeah. and he was a very good player. Very intercept marks, yeah. but then would also just fucking butcher it when he got it. As did Dangerfield. So um, love Gorney, but. This year wasn't a year where there was two. If you're going to put two ruckmen, it should have been Nat Nui and Goldstein. First of all, yep. Goldstein, was yeah, true. seriously robbed. But wasn't didn't even make the forty. Man didn't even make the forty, which is just disrespectful. They, oh, they they stuffed up that forty man squad. <laughs> they too. Fucked it up. Yeah, we should have known this was coming because oh. the forty was so bad. What, like, but what's Zach Butters doing in it? Like, like if they're talking about like talking about body of work, get him out. Body body work, Todd Goldstein. Mm. Body, body, work, body work, Stephen May. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Shit. So, no no personal bias to Zach Butters, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he doesn't hear this. Fuck that guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we've had a few beers. <laughs> and it's 10 a.m. Yeah, um, no, no, but so, because in previous years, Gorn and Grundy, you said, you have to have them both in because they are. Yeah, they yeah, were, and, and they were, no arguments. They were from le- each one. league yeah. changing ruckman, almost like a, yeah, almost like a Steph Curry in the way that they changed the league, where ruckman became, you know, midfielders. Yeah, and after the centre bounce, I love how they're so polar opposite. So like Gorn's your big traditional tap ruckman, taking like, a set marks take, down back, you know, floating back with the packs. Like Grundy does that as well, but Grund- and then Grundy's your like. You know, revolutionary ruckman like yeah. getting on the ground. Like he kicked like, like last year, he was like kicking, like taking a bounce and kicking running goals from forty. Yeah, like that just like and doesn't happen. Imagine trying to see like ruckman of old trying to do that. Like, and then you think like about Dean Cox, he was fucking just fumbled it everywhere. No, nah, he was did it. Oh, but like, you know what I mean? No, like, you, you think, think of the guys like Sam, Sam Jacobs is not doing that. Oh, Sauce Jacobs. Shane Mumford no. is not doing that. Ivan Soldo is never doing that. <laughs> I, Soldo can't even. Ah, oh, fucking hell. So I know. Yeah, that like that's what you're saying. It's. In a year, like, they just fucked this up because in a year where there wasn't two really good ruckmen, they picked two ruckmen. Yeah, and in a year where there was really good small forwards and really good wings, they just fucked them off. Yeah. Oh, that it's one of the. I reckon it's the worst team they've ever picked. And it, it's and it's and it's not just us. With the two ruckmen, yeah, that they just felt obliged to do it again, just cause because they're good ruckmen. Yeah, exactly. Like, like ob- obviously they're good ruckmen. Like we all, well, yeah. we're not saying they're not. But if we're talking about this season, the best ruckman was Nat Nui, and then there was and then there was a gap. So yeah. when there's a gap, you can't have two. Let, let's just reward another bloke, yeah. someone like a Tom Papley, who I don't know how he didn't get in. <laughs> I just can't fathom it. Mate, I was preaching. He's a lock. <laughs> he was my first lock, I think. 
Because I was like, it's a small forward year. He has to be in it. And then you can pick the second one on the bench. I, 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 like, if Patley was in it, I wouldn't care if Ryan was in it over Dan Butler. Because like, uh, Ryan had a good year too. So it's clutching at fucking straws there. Yeah, yeah. But Tom Patley is is the best small forward in the game right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Had by, the most shots in goal. Land, like by a landslide, I reckon. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, and it's not just us saying this as well. Social media went into meltdown on Thursday night. All of my oh, yeah. all of my feed was filled with Dean Jones, RIP. I'd never got to watch him play, but from all accounts, absolute legend of the cricket world. Yeah, Gav raved about him, and, and he's David Warner type. I, I hadn't type batting. I was talking to a couple of blokes from work last night about it. Who watched him? A couple of old tackers. Dean, like he goes, mate. Oh, you're electrifying. You know? yeah. So, yeah, but I was. Very, it'll be very missed. Yeah, so, so sad news about that. So that's there was so much of that, um, and then it was just all Australian hate. Mm. Like everybody, players, commentators, experts, everyone's just saying this is a joke. So it's not just us saying it. We're not just some fucking nuffies. <laughs> this is this is we are part of the majority, guys. I promise we're not halfway. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, now to to finish off, we want to we want to talk about the the captain decision. So, so oh, just fuck just let me hell. go first. Just let me go first. I love Danger. I love, I, I, I love what he does for the game in terms of you know making it not as serious and yep. creating that banter with the media. Like when he comes in with the bandages and shit on that that day in the press conference, it's funny. Like uh, I like it. And I, I love his footy. He's I, so hard at it. Lo- he's 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 a fucking good player. I mean, he butchers it a lot, which yeah. annoys me, but. Yeah. He does so much entertaining stuff and yeah. he has carried Geelong to so many wins, did the yeah. same in Adelaide. Like, he's a superstar. But his own peers didn't vote for him as the MVP. They had Hawkins, Ka- Guthrie, yeah. and um, Managola as their three for the AFLPA MVP award. Yep. The question arises. So, yeah, so why is he in it? Why is he in the All-Australian team? And then why is he picked captain? Is it because he's? Is it, Why is he the leader of this team? And if he's not even recognises that, then he goes. Yeah. Team. So I mean, I would have been fine if in 2016 he was voted captain because he was a fucking superstar that mm. year, mm. and he was clearly in the team and clearly the best player in the league. Yeah. But his own peers didn't vote him as the their MVP. Yeah. It's, so um, so and not not, not even the MVP. They didn't vote him in the top three at his own club. At, at, yeah. So why why is he in the team then? I don't know. Because I feel like this is going to go into what we're going to talk about in a second. The, it's the, the players are the experts in this area because they play against it. They they know what makes a good player, hmm. what makes a, a valuable player. Yeah, absolutely. And they vote on it. So why do the all, all Australian selectors think that they they know more? It just makes no sense. He's not in the best players at Geelong for this year, just this year. So why is he in the team? And then why is he voted captain? I don't, I don't get it. Like, m- remember we were sitting there and I called it. So I remember the team got read out, and I said, I said, you fucking watch Dangerfield to be called captain here, and they read it out, and it, oh my, oh, sorry, I, I just, go I just, I just hit the microphone. <laughs> oh, Travis Boak, mate, and that's oh. that's another thing. Social media went into meltdown because how is Travis Boak not the captain? Glenn Jackovich, don't talk about body of work, and then. And, he, then, and then not have Bogus captain. He's an ex. So he's an ex captain of his club, who was then for, for for a long time. For a long time, aged like a fine wine, and had his best year. Mm. He's the captain. Put like 
And then fuck it. Worst case, and there's multiple captains in the team that are the captain of their own club. Gorn, so Gorn and Bontempelli are captains of their own club. So Harris Andrews is vice captain of Brisbane. Harris Andrews would have been a good one. I would have liked Harris Andrews as captain. Um, I mean, that's probably maybe Tom Hawkins. I like Tom Hawkins as a leader, but I mean, there's just there's Honestly, options there. Absolutely robbed. Absolutely robbed. So I think we. Yeah, so do we agree that Boke should have been captain? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm think I don't I don't want Gorn in the team, but I'm having Boke as captain and Gorn as vice on this team. Yeah, selection. in terms of the team that's there now, but that they've selected, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, and you know what? I'd almost almost put a case for bloody Harris Andrews as your vice captain. Like, yeah, big Brisbane time. Has, Brisbane has spoken about his like him like on the field and like him as a player for them. Like from what they from all accounts like obviously like we don't know all that much but from all accounts he is a fucking good leader for them like, and yeah and as so good and as they come. because that so they lost Luke Hodge who was their barometer down back and you can just you watch him play and he's just yelling at everyone all the time setting them up so they lose that and you think oh are they going to struggle they're still pretty young Harris Andrews t- took it over and made it his own so he needs some recognition, I think, Harris Andrews. Um, the, 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 the general. The general. The general of the team. Correct. Um, now, I want to finish with... Sorry. Yeah? They've, they've fucked up a couple of captains across... <laughs> they have. Years. They have. So, Dangerfield this year is a bad pick. I don't mind last year with Nat Fife because he's that was a fine captain pick. of his team, won the Brownlow. Very good player. Fucking very, that's a very good pick. Very good pick. The year before that, they had, they had Lance Franklin. As captain. L- love buddy. Oh, not mate, a leader love, though. Love buddy. Not a leader. Not a leader. He's not a leader's asshole, mate. <laughs> he's, very great. he's like, he'll go down as top two or three in my eyes as the greatest players of all time. I have, yeah. I have heard he's but, he's great for like young guys' personal development down forward. Like yeah. Will Hayward loves him. Yeah. But not a leader. No, no, not, a, not a, like an on-field leader. Like not, nah. like he's not a captain. No. Nah. Then the year before that, they had Alex Rance. As a biased Richmond supporter, I was around it. But if we're looking at it, like. No. Probably not. He's not captain. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's we're, we're picking at straws again, but Danger's not. Oh, <laughs> we need to get off that topic. Oh. Um, now I want to finish with how I think this system can be changed, and yep. I think this system can go to a lot of awards in multiple leagues around the world. Yep. I just think it should be player driven and coach driven. I, I'm just sick. They're the, they're the people who know the most. I'm just sick of seeing awards done by umpires and experts because there's a narrative that they have. They're all a lot of it is based off personal opinion. Nick Wright is of course going to vote for LeBron for MVP because he loves LeBron. He loves, yeah, and he preaches it all year. So of course Giannis won't get his vote, even though Giannis was clearly the MVP. Mm. So I just think it should be a player-driven thing. I think the players... So the AFLPA MVP, I rate that higher than the Brownlow. Yeah. yeah. Like why are we rating an umpire's award better than the player-voted one? You, you, As a player, you want to be respected by your peers and the coaches. Yep. So the AFLPA and yeah. AFLCA awards, MVPs, are better. Tom Hawkins finished fourth from memory in the AFLPA MVP. He's not going to get shit in the Brownlow. Oh, mate. No not way. shit, but if I were him, I'd be saying that's more valuable. I don't give a yeah. fuck what happens in the Brownlow. Yeah, I really care. Because what do the umpires yeah. know? Because um, it's hard for the umpires too because they're focusing on umpiring the game, yeah. which is fucking hard. Like, that's a hard game to umpire. And then post-game, they're going to go, oh, yeah, right, who was good today? Like, what? 
So my thing is change it, change all of it, change the all Australian team, keep the AFLPA MVP and AFLCA MVP, change it all to player voted and um, coach voted. So if you want to have the experts, have the experts select the squad, and then and give the uh, give that to the players then, and then let them vote. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, I I just think you yeah. can because you can keep going with with blokes who obviously have known the game for a long time, like Jackovic, Richardson, Bartlett. But are they are they out, like are they outdated? Are they, but are they outdated? And they've got so much previous bias, which is hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. As a as a footy fan, we all have our favorite players. We all have the players that we love to watch. So of course we're going to look to to get them in ahead of blokes who deserve it more. I did it with Dustin Martin and Taylor Adams. I looked at it, I'm going, oh, but Dustin Martin. But if you look at the season... And you watch the games. And you watch the games, Taylor Adams is a better midfielder this season than what Dustin Martin was. You know, like, you know, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. So was that. You, you've, you've got to try and get rid of that personal bias. And if the players vote, they are going to show that. And I just think... I think if the players vote on it, the fans can just... They can't... They can... They can have their opinion on what they think should have been the team. But if you're the fans, you're like, well, these guys play against each other every week. They play with each other every week, if you're your teammates. And the coaches know, the coaches especially know who the best players are, who killed them the most. You know what I mean? So I just think it gets a more accurate representation of who the best players are because you're never going to have the perfect team that everyone agrees with, but you're going to get a more accurate representation of it by the players voting. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, look, I completely agree. Um, I just think that that bias and, like, just, like, it's so opinion-based. Opinion like, whereas, why would you... And why would you, like, take um, that or make, make that vote off um, just, like, a select few? Like, why not use the whole league as in, like, all the players? Like, why not just do it, like, player-based, like, um, the AFLPA, like, that that's going to be like I feel like it's so much more accurate. Like it completely, it completely like where you guys are saying. Like I completely down that avenue of like the players picking for sure. And yeah. I think it's very clear in the votes as well from those that they just highlight like the players who had absolutely outstanding years. All right. Do we do we feel better uh, for for? Finally getting that out of our system. I, oh, I feel better. I'm, I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm sweating. Sweaty palms. I'm, yelling about it. I've got, I've got no one to vent to here, so I've, this has been <laughs> fucking well needed. <laughs> yeah. You should just say to Tish, uh, just sit there. I'm just going to yell at you. Just listen. I'm not yelling at you, yeah. but I'm just going to yell oh. in your direction uh, for 15 minutes. And just, I just don't know how, oh. and just tell her, just say, just nod along. Not along. Don't say anything. Just nod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then if, if you need a change up, just yell at Nala. She doesn't know what's going on. Just yell at her. No, I was always going to listen. <laughs> She's yeah. going to listen to you, and then she won't give you a cuddle afterwards. So you're going to you're going to like that. So yeah. I feel better. What I need. I yeah. feel better. Yeah, same. Uh, Jerv, thanks for joining us, mate. It's been great to have you on for your your first ever podcast. I think you you did well, mate. Gave us plenty and uh, some very good points there. How do you how do you feel? You went. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not too bad. Just uh, good to good to actually have a conversation with someone other than uh, just looking at my computer screen. To be honest, so. Yeah. Hey, Thanks I, for having me, boys. I'm just getting a cool, calm head vibes. I feel like Jerv would be the general. So, like, down yeah. back, like, never phased. No. 
But if he needs to, he can fucking... He'll get up. He can give you one. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't put fucking around in front of me. <laughs> Thanks to you, Ned. We might... Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we might... Uh, who knows? Maybe Ned and I later. Uh, drunk Ned, drunk Ollie on the podcast. Oh, that, that'll be horrible. <laughs> that's a horrible listen. That'll, that'll be bad. Oh. Let's, nah, let's not do even, that. Even if that doesn't get put up, you've got to do it. <laughs> oh, very good. No, nah, it'll be getting put up. Uh, boys, thanks for joining us. No uh, and we shall see you next right. time. Thanks for having me.